What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 29th. Wow, how time flies. This is week four of the 2020 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it. Joining me, of course, is my good friend and very fantasy, uh, very fantasy football experienced player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well, sir, really well. I mean, like you said, I can't believe time's flying. It's almost October, you know, come day after tomorrow. This is just crazy. And week four already. Seems like we were wondering if it was ever going to start, and now we're, you know, a third of the way through the fantasy regular season, a quarter of the way through the regular season. Yep, you've hit that right on the nail. And unfortunately, we've had our first outbreak of uh, COVID-19 has hit the NFL. Uh, well, uh, before the uh, Sunday game, uh, we had a, uh, a rookie cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons test positive, and fortunately all the other players on the team uh, tested negative, and they went ahead and played without him. Uh, but then we woke up this morning, and now we've got three uh, Tennessee Titan players and five personnel, uh, with, uh, including the uh, de facto defensive coordinator there, uh, testing positive. Uh, the players, uh, uh, there is a starter on defense, another defensive player, and a uh, practice squad tight end. Uh, they've all been placed on the reserve COVID list, and everyone's wondering what's going on. Well, the NFL said, okay, you stay out of the facility until Saturday. We're going to heavily test you. We're going to test the, the Minnesota Viking players to see, because that's who the Titans played this past weekend. Fortunately, so far, everything good from Minnesota. They reported that there was no positive tests over there uh, since the game ended. Of course, they're going to continue testing here. Uh, there's talk of the NFL uh, delaying the game, maybe till Monday. Uh, I say, well, why, did, why do that? Why, why not delay it till Tuesday? Uh, give them, uh, give uh, the Titans an extra couple of days to practice if, if they do that. Or they can go ahead and, and delay the game until later in the season. Uh, there's a, a, a scenario where I believe uh, the uh, Steelers that was supposed to play the Titans this week. Uh, they're going to play uh, the Ravens on week seven, and they push that game to week eight. And you know, it's it's, uh, and then they play this game on week seven. Uh, so everything's up in the air till then. 
But, you know, uh, the NFL does want to play the game as scheduled on time, and we're kind of all in holy mode until then, so we're going to continue on with the season, uh, you know, and assume that everything gets played. Uh, before we get into the big news of the day, Chris, what is your feelings on, on the COVID here, and do you think that we're going to have a game here? What, what do you, what's your take? Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I, I'd like to say so. I know, that, like you said, the league definitely wants to make it happen this week, if at all possible. It's going to be really convoluted to make it happen before a week 18 rescheduling, quite honestly. Um, I think, honestly, if unless there's a significant number of people that test positive as the week goes on, they'll still play the game, and Tennessee will just be shorthanded, and Minnesota will also be uh, less prepared because they won't be able to have had any, any uh, in-person practices. That's just an unfortunate reality of the way it is. And I think they're probably going to do that if at all possible. Now, if there are more positives, you know, if, if another handful of players on Tennessee test positive, or I think a worst case scenario, some folks on Minnesota also test positive, then you're talking at least pushing it to week 18, if not just having to bag it all together um, if they don't want to do that after the season. That becomes a lot more sticky at that juncture because now, other teams could start to get involved. Now you're talking two other teams, Houston and Pittsburgh, who have had their season wholly disrupted for something that was totally outside of their control and really outside of their contact. They weren't involved in the game last week. Yeah. So that, that for fantasy players out there, that you need to make your waiver wire moves this week, assuming that things could go uh, sideways uh, mm-hmm. so you don't catch yourself being short especially those in high-stakes leagues like the FFPC, where we only have two waiver wire uh, auction blind bids uh, uh, rounds, one on Wednesday evening at 10 p.m. Eastern and one on Friday evening uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern. I know uh, playing this in contest when the news broke on Saturday that, uh, that, that, that uh, A.J. Terrell, the Falcons, tested positive. Uh, us guys, of uh, care, uh, owner of Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, was kind of nervous because, like, wait a minute, he might guard him in practice, you know. And Well, fortunately, uh, you know, it, it just limited to Terrell itself but you know this is this is the day and age we play in and and something we're just going to have to deal with the rest of the season and we're just fin- crossing our fingers and hope uh, you know that everything turns out okay and speaking of crossing your fingers and hoping anyone that owned Chris Carson the running back for the Seattle Seahawks on uh, Sunday night uh, Sunday afternoon uh, was praying uh, saying uh, God to uh, a, a uh, little prayer to God's that his uh, knee wasn't sprained too badly when it got uh, what is it uh, crocodile rolled or alligator rolled whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> some people call that a dirty a dirty move. I'm I'm not going to uh, comment on that. But the bottom line is that fortunately after they took tests that his ligaments are intact and and such and of course there's some pain there. Uh, normally a one or two week uh, injury. Uh, although they're saying that they're holding out hope that he could play this week. Obviously if you own uh, Carlos Hyde. Uh, Travis Homer's the number three running back there. Uh, those are the options. What's your uh, what's your fantasy impact here? If you're a Chris Carson owner, uh, what do you do, Chris? Uh, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I like Travis Homer a little bit better than Carlos Hyde. He's looked better in short spurts. He certainly took over last year when Carlos Hyde wasn't there, week 16, 17, when Chris Carson broke his hip. So um, I, I actually like Travis Homer, especially the style in which the offense is playing right now. Um, he's going to give you some PPR value. He, you know, he'll catch you five or six passes a game playing 50% of the time. So, I mean, you're already talking pushing double digits and PPR right away. He's not going to give you Chris Carson numbers. He's not going to get those 20 carry games. But honestly, I don't think Carlos Hyde is either. And he's, he's a little bit more pedestrian of a runner and more of a pounder right now. I think you're looking at true RBBC with Homer getting the ball between the 20s and on third down and Carlos Hyde maybe getting the touchdowns if there are any to be had 
uh, in close. So, you know, they might both be serviceable as flexes, but I actually like Travis Homer with the upside a little bit more than Carlos Hyde right now. Okay. Uh, moving over to Chicago, uh, Terry Cohen, unfortunately, uh, fielding a punt, uh, took a hit and went down uh, immediately and tore his ACL. He's gone for the year. David Montgomery, of course, is a starting running back there. Uh, what's the fin- fantasy impact for the Bears, uh, in your opinion, uh, Chris? I think it does maybe hurt the Bears' offense as a whole. You lose that explosive backfield option. But, but quite honestly, fantasy-wise, Cohen really has not done much through three games. Um, actually, David Montgomery has the same number of catches as Tariq Cohen does so far, uh, quite amazingly. They both had six catches only so far. So I, I honestly think, if anything, it might give you know a very slight boost to David Montgomery because I don't see anyone else on their bench that really offers significant playmaking potential or, or change of pace potential. So I think Montgomery might just get a few more snaps, but uh, I, I honestly don't think this changes the fantasy perspective overall of any of the individual players, aside from Tariq Cohen, obviously, at all. Do you think that they uh, possibly maybe looked while well, they were throwing a lot to Jimmy Graham in a short passing game? Of course, that was against the Falcons, and they've got no defense. But uh, maybe a little bit more uh, throws to Anthony Miller has uh, not been seeing consistent looks there, or, or uh, do you think that they're just going to pound the ball more with uh, Montgomery? Well, I, maybe a little both, quite honestly. I mean, those, those, all those touches that Kurt Cohen had, and yes, they have not been that many so far. They're going to get kind of divvied up in all those places. The, the little thing that, that also Nick Foles and Trubisky, to a large extent, also threw very well was those little quick hitters, bubble screens sort of things. And both Anthony Miller and, surprisingly, for a big man, uh, uh, Allen Robinson, both run that fairly well. Uh, they've got, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, don't they also have Corderell Patterson in the backfield? Or is that who is he playing? That's play right, for they He's do. A different team. because uh, he was oh, I, I getting think, some run, I think, running back. Uh, I think it's Patterson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I believe he's with the Bears still. So you know, he's a guy that lined up at running back a few times and probably offers something closer to Tariq Cohen, although he's about a head taller than him, um, uh, than, than anything else. So if anything, that might just give Quarterell Patterson a few more snaps, uh, but without really changing the distribution throughout much of the rest of the team. Yeah, we look at last week's stats. Cordell Passion had four carries for 13 yards. Miller, Anthony Miller, did have a rush for nine there, uh, and the rest were, of course, were Montgomery and Cohen in the quarterback. So, uh, but uh, that's going to be an interesting one one situation to watch. Uh, I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, the mess in Detroit and Tampa Bay. Let's hit Detroit first. RBBC, Adrian Peterson, Kieran Johnson, uh, DeAndre Swift. Or really, is there an RBBC? What's your opinion, Chris? I don't see one right now. I mean, you look at the stats from last year. What Peterson had like 22 carries. That doesn't look like an RBBC to me. Um, right now, Peterson is the 36th ranked uh, running back in, in non-PPR league. So that puts him at a at low-end RB3 or a solid flex. He's on pace for 1,100 yards this year. 1,100 yards. He joined the team two days, three days before the first game. But he knows the offense. He knows the OC. I think they're going to run with him. Now, it's not a, a very run-heavy offense but he's going to get his chances. So I, I actually like Peterson to remain the lead dog in that. Swift will get his action. They want to get the rookie in there. They still like carry on Johnson, especially in pass protection. But I don't see this as an RBBC, at least not now. If the Lions get way out of contention later in the year, they might push more towards Swift to see what he can do because that's their future. So you think from a fantasy perspective, you should, if you own Peterson, you should consider maybe a flex, a decent flex play. And if you own Kerryon Johnson or Dondre Swift, I guess you kind of have to sit him because, yeah, I'm looking at the stats book myself, and uh, Kerryon Johnson had four touches in the game, three rushes and one, one catch, and DeAndre Swift had one catch on two targets. Uh, is, that, is that what you do? 
Yeah, I think right now, yes, you do. Peterson is a solid flex matchup specific, though, at this point in his career because of the nature of the offense he's in. Um, if there's a team that's going to that's going to likely be beating Detroit, put, put them down early, that's going to take the ability for them to run the ball a lot out of it. They're going to throw more. He's not a great pass catcher. So <clears throat> I, I think he's a specific flex play going until Swift maybe takes over late in the year. Or, again, very matchup specific where he might get more run where they need his explosiveness. Okay. Well, I know we talked a lot about this last week, uh, the, the mess that is a two-man RBBC down in Tampa, uh, Ronald Jones and Fournette. Fournette was coming off a big game where he carried the load in the fourth quarter, broke off a long touchdown run against the Panthers. Well, this year, this, this past week they played the Broncos, a much better run defense, although not the perfect run defense. Uh, Jones started and carried most of the load, 13 carries, 53 yards. Fournette had seven carries, only 15 yards. Fournette had caught a couple of short passes, and Jones caught a couple of short passes. Uh, well, he got two for 20. Uh, if you own Ronald Jones or Fournette, uh, are you considering them even a decent flex play, or, or is it a kind of a, a void situation until one wins the job outright? Yeah, I, I, I'm a little hesitant just because uh, of the nature of the rest of what's going on there, but I don't think it's because it's an RBBC. I mean, Jones did not get the ball in week two, and Fournette had that huge game. But that was because, remember, Jones fumbled. Arian kind of threw a hissy fit, got pissed off at him, put him on the bench, and Fournette just happened to be getting the ball against one of the worst rush defenses in the league, the Carolina Panthers. This week, when they had a lead and they had the opportunity to pound it out and kill the clock with a big man Fournette, they didn't. Ronald Jones was the man of the fourth quarter, more so than Fournette. So I still think this is Ronald Jones' job. He had one game where the coach got mad at him and tried to teach the young kid a lesson. So I, if anything, I'm sticking with, if you have to play one of these guys at the flex, I feel way better with, with Jones right now. Um, you know, that changes over the course of the year, maybe so. I still see this as Jones' job. He's still getting a two-to-one or three-to-one touch ratio to, to Leonard Fournette. If you got to flex one of these guys, I think it's Rojo at this point. Okay. Uh, we want to remind everyone that we do or do have a comprehensive list of uh, injuries all at FF Mastermind, and I did this template trying to cover as much as I could, but there's just so many names here. I'm just going to hit the highlights. First of all, we want to know what's going on with the 49ers since they're all injured. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Mostert, uh, McKinnon, uh, George Kittle, uh, Jordan Reed. Okay, well, the first four, they're all listed as day-to-day, so they may return this week. Probably George, more George Kittle has the best shot to return. Uh, maybe Jarek McKinnon, uh, he injured his ribs in, in, in the game this past weekend. Jordan Reed, uh, yeah, the, that's an ankle injury, serious one. They put him on IR, so he's expected to miss six to eight weeks there. Um, moving on over uh, to really uh, just to the wide receivers, the top guys, Michael Thomas with the ankle, Devontae Adams, they're going to work them out all the way this, to, to, to the week. Weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't practice and then see where they are come the weekend and see how that goes. And they're probably going to do the same thing with Julio Jones and his hamstring since he sat last week. His running mate, uh, uh, Russell Gage, suffered a concussion, so we'll see if he can come back. They're saying with Chris Godwin down in, in Tampa, unfortunately, he couldn't miss a couple of weeks with that hamstring. And just when Tom Brady was getting all of his weapons back, uh, Mike Evans is still playing not 100%. He scored twice this past week. Yeah, two catches, two yards, two scores. Not a bad, interesting line. It is productive, but not what you're used to seeing from uh, from uh, Mike Evans. Uh, A.J. Brown with a knee. He could miss more weeks there. It's a really bad uh, knee bruise. And, of course, we're assuming that the Titans are going to play this week. Maybe as an A.J. Brown owner, you're hoping that they postpone that the game until later in the year. 
when he's healthy so he can play. Uh, DJ Chark missed the, the game uh, because of his chest injury uh, last uh, Thursday night. We'll see what he can do there. Uh, Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh is in the concussion protocol. They're uh, hopeful that Jameson Crowder with a hamstring for the Jets can play on Thursday night. That's what Adam Gase says. By the way, uh, Adam Gase is said to be on the, uh, on the possible chopping block here. Uh, of course, the Jets are, are denying this, but if the Jets apparently lose to Denver, there might be a, a good chance that he's fired. Uh, you know, that, that gets into a whole other thing, whether he should have been hired in the first place as a Jet fan. I don't think so, but that's just me. We'll see what happens there. It looks like the Burchard Perriman's not going to play in that game, so, you know, he hasn't practiced this week at all. Uh, John Brown with the calf in, in Buffalo, uh, you know, uh, he didn't play last week. We'll see what happens later this week. Now, over in your end, this injury came out. Michael Pittman got the compartment leg syndrome, right? He's going to miss three-plus games. You think they're going to put him on IR, Chris? Uh, I think they – May, but they they might just kind of keep him active because they've got some depth at wide receiver on the roster, um, and just in case he can come back because that's two starters basically they're missing now with him and Paris Campbell. So they might try to avoid it if they think he can be back in week three or third. Yeah, week, Zach Pascal is the guy to pick up there, I think. Uh, moving on Absolutely. over Philadelphia, Deshaun Jackson's day to day with his hamstring. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas Godert, uh or or fortunately, if you're a Zach Ertz owner, uh, he fractured his ankle. He's been placed in IR. He's going to be out for uh, at least a month, I believe. Um, and let's see, some other tight ends notes here. Jared Cook left the game with an ankle. We'll see what happens there. Dawson Knox's concussion. We'll see if he can get out of there. Uh, Tyler Crawford placed him. He's caught two touchdowns there, but could be waiting one week wonder. So you know, don't spend too much fab money on him. Uh, Young Hell Koo with the groin. He's out, and definitely the the the, the uh, Falcons don't have a kicker right now. So we'll see who they sign later in the week, and we'll be right back after this important guys, message. They did bring two guys in today. Oh, they did. Well, do you have the names? Yes. I believe one was Cody Parkey. Uh, I try to remember. I just saw it go across the ticker right before uh, right before I came on. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll think we'll on that. We'll be right back. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's expert league Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we want to remind everyone, come to our website, ffmastermind.com. Still quite a bit of free information on there, including our daily NFL Quick Bits page. We update all the news as it breaks. And, of course, we're uh, p- continuing to post uh, Ina Sky scouting reports in season from uh, scouts around the NFL, including Chris Rito uh, covers uh, with two reports each week on the Colts. And, of course, we're uh, producing our weekly in-season newsletter with daily releases, free agent player trading news, the market, uh, inside slant, a whole bunch of good stuff. Click on the, uh, the premium section there up near the top, and you'll see a drop-down menu, free uh, samples, and you'll see what we do during the season. We, have our, we are holding our early season, uh, preseason, I'm sorry, early season sale on the newsletters. $24.95 gets you the rest of the newsletters for the rest of the year. And please follow me on Twitter. At FF Mastermind, let's get to the picks to click and flick for this week, week four of the NFL season. Give me a couple of names you like at quarterback, Chris, and why. 
Uh, I do like Matt Stafford this week. I think he finally got his best weapon back with Galladay last week, and he's going to look to attack a Saints secondary that we've seen lit up in every game from the pocket. We saw rusty Tom Brady. We saw Derek Carr and his rookie wide receivers be great. A.A. Rod without Devontae Adams was off the charts. So I went back and looked. Stafford made his NFL debut versus New Orleans and has been terrorizing them ever since, quite frankly. Five career games since then, he's averaged 320 and two and a half touchdowns, and game script should favor him against this week for high volume. And I like Cam Newton to have a bounce back game. Um, the Chiefs have been fairly beatable thus far, and only partially due to being ahead in games. Uh, teams have had success versus KC yards wise, although few touchdowns uh, passing. And they have played a bunch of mobile quarterbacks, and they've allowed a rushing score in the first two weeks. They didn't to Lamar Jackson last week. Uh, Cam should rebound from his low scoring week three and find pay dirt again and have a solid yard of day as well. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, well, who's what's not to like with Aaron Rodgers? And guess what, people? He plays Atlanta, which is probably the worst secondary in the league. Eh, maybe along with Seattle there, but uh, you know he's going to light up Atlanta. So of course it's plug and play there. And Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now don't laugh. The Seahawks can't stop anyone. We saw that this past week. Actually, we've seen it for three weeks in a row. So if you need a quick fix, a streamer quarterback, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is your guy. This game down in Miami, I think he's going to throw three touchdowns in this game. Miami's probably still going to lose, but it could be like a 42 to 35 the win or 30 or 28 or something like that so it's going to be a a, a big high scoring affair a couple guys I'm, I'm worried about uh, Carson Wentz uh, I think in terms of quarterback ratings in the league as a starter he's got the worst uh, rating uh, in the league right now even below Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold uh, so you match starting struggling quarterback with a 49er defense I know the 49ers are missing people but boy they look pretty darn good last week against the Giants and that equals fantasy bench for me if I'm a Wentz owner. Justin Abair, uh looked good so far in two games. Uh, not perfect. He's playing well, but uh, the Bucks' defense is really playing well right now, and I think that Abair is going to uh, have some problems in this game, so I'd look elsewhere to uh, to start for my fantasy starting quarterback. How about a couple quarterbacks you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? Uh, I'm going to start with Nick Foles. If you watched that Bears game last week when he came in, Foles actually played an atrocious third quarter. And then his receivers bailed him out for a huge fourth quarter. His, you know, his exploits off the bench are like the stuff of Hollywood legend, but his stats as a starter are kind of more horror movies than Hollywood legend. So, uh, you know, then you look at the Colts, they've only allowed 150 yards per game and that's 50 yards per game less than the second best team. That they're just the league's hottest defense. Now he's an immobile quarterback. This does not bode well. If you expect to see miracle foals instead of mediocre foals, in my opinion. And then Kyler Murray, he's kind of on an unsustainable fantasy scoring pace due to his rushing touchdowns. Um, His yards and attempts have come down each week as have his passing attempts and his passing numbers are actually kind of pedestrian with more interceptions and touchdowns. Amazingly, I want to look at the Panthers with as bad as their run defenses. They've allowed the seventh most pass attempts, but the fourth fewest quarterback fantasy points. So teams are not having success so far in the air against them. So with reduced volume and a stingy fantasy opponent, Murray is a caution play for me. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, I actually love James Robinson. Actually, this weekend for the next few weeks, he's been a, become a dependable and solid RB2 regardless of game script. And this week should have a positive game script with a terrible opposing rush defense as well. Uh, with a few extra days of rest, you know, from the Thursday game, he's going to face a Cincinnati team that played extra minutes in their game and travel back from Philly. Uh, it's, it's a good chance for a high-volume day for James Robinson. And then I like James Conner as well. He's on a roll facing a run defense that's afforded nearly six yards per carry so far. Uh, they, they got ripped by Cook and Gordon and, and Robinson. 
the, you know, Titans are also three and zero, but these three games they've barely beaten three teams that are combined one and eight. So I don't think they're really as good as, as a lot of people think they are. They lost their nose tackle to COVID, and that's if they play without preparation. So I think Connor gets the ball a lot this week. Okay, uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, I think Kenyon Drake's uh, going to get off the schneid, as they say. Uh, he plays the Panthers' sorry run defense. Uh, you know, Fournette ran all over him. I know uh, that uh, Kyler Murray may run another score in. I don't know. You don't think so, but I think that Kenyon Drake definitely will get a chance and score this one. So if you got him, plug and play. Uh, Daryl Henderson with the Rams uh, has kind of taken over the starting job there. They talked to Sean McVay uh, after the game and, uh, earlier this week on Monday and said, uh, asked him, uh, do you think he's going to start this week? He said, yeah, yeah, he's uh, kind of earned it. Uh, he's playing well. He's a, a really a tough runner, kind of a slasher. Uh, and with uh, Malcolm Brown uh, nursing that finger injury, even though he played last week, didn't look as good as Henderson. And, of course, Cam Akers might not even play because of that rib injury. Uh, we like uh, Daryl Henderson against the Giants this week. Plug and play, of course. Uh, a couple of running backs I'm worried about this week, Antonio Gibson for Washington. Uh, they're playing a pissed-off Baltimore Ravens defense that's uh, just basically got abused by Patrick Mahomes on Monday night, and uh, they're going to rebound. Uh, I don't envy this kid. Also, uh, Dwayne Haskins is probably be one or two or three bad series away from possibly being pulled. Personally, I think I'd like to see Alex Smith come in there, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Regardless, uh, I think Otenu Gibson is going to struggle to get anything against the Ravens this week, so be careful there. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, you got to adjust your expectations downward. Uh, Steelers, very good run defense. Uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans are not going to have much practice time, if any, this, this week. So, obviously, you're going to start him if he starts, but don't expect uh, much. And this is uh, kind of a shame coming off a real big game uh, where he just scored his first two scores of the year. But that's the way we are here in the days of COVID. And, of course, the, uh, the opponent uh, makes a difference, too. Uh, what about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, I'm going to start with Leonard Fournette. We t- I talked a little bit earlier about how I don't think he's really going to get the ball as much as a lot of people think. But yet I look also this week that they're going to face the Chargers that have actually been liked out in run defense despite all their other issues. They've shut down Joe Mixon. They shut down Clyde Edwards, uh, Edwards-Hilaire, as they called him last night, Hilaire. And they've not allowed a rushing touchdown yet. So with fewer touches uh, by vir- virtue of his, his distribution and a tough opponent, I think he's more of a stash than a start right now. And then I'm a little concerned about Miles Gaskin this week. The Seahawks have allowed the fewest rushing yards so far. They forced, or I should say allowed, teams to throw a ton. Um, they've also allowed the second fewest running back receiving yards. And the only reason they aren't the top fantasy opponent for running back is that they've allowed three short touchdowns. Well, Gaskin is, not, is going to be limited in his work between the 20s and simply will not get the chance at those touchdowns. They're, not, they're giving those to Jordan Howard. So he's a volume-dependent PPR guy, and the Hawks just don't allow what he does best. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, I like OBJ this week. It's hard not to like any pass catcher versus the Cowboys right now, but Beckham in particular is a big game waiting to happen. He loves the limelight like you get when you play Dallas. He's averaged eight targets a game versus Dallas in his career, scored five times in seven games. We all remember the catch that he made against Dallas uh, early in his career. Uh, He's been real close to numerous big plays uh, in weeks one through three. And this week, I think he breaks out with an inferior secondary to tournament. No one has allowed more wide receiver touchdowns so far, three a game and seven in the last two weeks. Beckham gets his. And I like Will Fuller this week. The Vikings, as has been well documented, have been very beatable, especially by speed in the receiving crew. And no one does speed better than Will Fuller, probably. He definitely has the eye of his quarterback, both deep and in the red zone. 
So uh, you probably draft him as a wide receiver three or four. This is probably the week with high upside potential to get him into your lineup. He looks healthy. He looks like a possible target hog this week. And Minnesota's a lot of ton of deep passes. Yeah, I tell you, I, uh, I uh, obviously like LOBJ this week too, uh, but I'm looking here staring at the picture of the catch with uh, with his signature on it. And I got it up on my, on my office here. I just wish he was still in big blue, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> okay, a couple of guys I like this week, uh, wide receiver. Devonta Parker, I know he's not 100%, but uh, Seattle Seahawks, come on. You don't need to be 100% to beat these guys. <laughs> he's going to score this week, so plug and play. Uh, Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati, I think he's going to score in the Jaguars. A.J. Green is still not up to speed. Uh, they're just not connecting well with Burrow. Uh, Boyd has kind of stepped in, along with T. Higgins, too. Uh, but Boyd is uh, – made a solid impact the last two weeks. I like him this week. I think he's going to score against the Jaguars. A couple guys I'm worried about this week. Uh, well, let's move back to Washington. Terry McLaurin, uh, Dwayne Haskins, I don't know, might not last the whole game. He's playing the Ravens. You know they're going to have their best cover corner, Jimmy Smith and such, on uh, Terry McLaurin, so be careful there. And, of course, uh, the other guy, A.J. Green, uh, I don't know what it is. Just something's off. Uh, you know, uh, he's just not beating the, uh, the the top corner cover that uh, has been on him all these games. Uh doesn't really matter who they play. I would consider sitting him out outright if he's your, like your number three or your flex player. If you've got another player that's hot off the bench, like maybe Alan Lazard, uh, I would definitely play Lazard over Green this week and, uh, you know, wait until Green, uh, you know, starts hitting his stride if he does. Hopefully he does, but, you know, we'll see what goes on there. What about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? Yeah, and actually in my oldest league, I am benching both A.J. Green and this guy, T.Y. Hilton, this week. Um, he's too good to be underutilized like he is. There's no denying, though, that he's not a focal point in the offense right now. It's a low-volume passing offense, a low target share. He's also facing a defense that is mostly shut down wide receiver number one. And there's a lot of bunch of dinks and dunks to secondary receivers. You really can't even count on the score as he has not done that in 2020. And the Bears are the only team yet to allow a wide receiver touchdown and only one long reception. He is actually a flick until he consistently starts to put up Hilton-like numbers in my book. And I don't like Robbie Anderson this week. I'm not even real high on DJ Moore either, but I like Robbie Anderson less. Um, The Cardinals are just not allowing a lot of wide receiver receptions. They're the second fewest or yards. They're the third fewest. And this bodes poorly for a guy like Anderson, whose success so far has been based on, uh, you know, unexpected volume. Um, He's uh, Arizona is only allowing – um, nine receptions, not Arizona. Yeah, Arizona is only allowing nine receptions per game to wide receivers. So the ch- with a chance for a closer game like they usually play, it's hard to get excited about a guy whose PPR value is based on game script dependent volume and yards after catch. Yep. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Love Eric Ebron this week. He's been getting more and more involved each week. In the past week, he actually led the team in targets, receptions, and yards, as well as scoring his first touchdown as a stealer. And touchdowns is where Ebron's real value likely lies uh, in any scoring system the week this week they hopefully they face the titans who have allowed a touchdown to a tight end every week so far this year and who got lit up by the only athletic tight end they faced which was noah fant in week one speaking of noah fant he's my other click for the week i love him he's a definite must play anyway but i think he's going to be in store for another huge volume day this week Uh, besides the fact the broncos wide receivers are all busted up Driscoll's being replaced by by brett rippon this week um Everyone showed they're going to target him early and often, and he gets the Jets, who are woefully inadequate in the middle of the field defensively. They've been gashed by a series of backup tight ends so far. Uh, he's better, way better than Mo Alley-Cox and Jordan Reed and Dawson Knox, and these guys all have had big games against the Jets. So fans should go crazy, go nuts this week. 
Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. T.J. Hawkinson in Detroit. Like you said, Stafford burns the Saints. The Saints are struggling against a tight end. I know Jason James had a score there, but I think Hawkinson gets a score this week, so start him uh, with confidence. And uh, a boy that is just breaking out down in Green Bay. Uh, he's not the only tight end getting uh, some catches down there, but uh, Robert Tonyan is uh, the number one guy down there. Uh, he had some big catches on Sunday night. He had a uh, he uh, he scored again, uh, becoming a red zone threat. And the Falcons are absolutely just terrible against the tight end, too, in addition to the wide receiver there. Jay Sternberger is the other guy I keep your eye on, but if you're going to choose between one of those guys, I'd take Mr. Tonyan off the waiver wire and start him if you need him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about. Uh, Logan Thomas scored in the first game. Everyone was all excited and everything. He's still getting a lot of target shares, but – I'm just not feeling it against the Ravens, I guess. Let's see. I don't like Antonio Gibson. I don't like Terry McLaurin. I don't like Dwayne Haskins, obviously. And you got to add Logan Thomas to that mix, so I'd be careful there. And uh, just another big big disappointment down in New York, the Jets. And this guy's leaving healthy. I don't know what's going on. He should be getting eight to ten targets a game, catching five balls for 50, 60 yards, maybe even scoring. And he's lucky if he catches a, a, a one, one pass in the game. What a disappointment. Chris Herndon. You're an auto flick for me from now on until you do something. Uh, don't even uh, I wouldn't even have him on my roster right now. Uh, that's that's about it. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'm gonna start with veteran Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I know he lit up the Falcons on Sunday. I mean, who doesn't? I'm pretty sure I could score on him. A bunch of slow old <laughs> tight ends have killed Atlanta so far, but the Colts have a very athletic linebacking crew. They've only allowed six tight end catches all season for a total of 32 yards. Graham is simply not enough of an athlete anymore to merit believing in these numbers or to make him matchup proof. And this is a tough matchup. And then a a caution play for a must play is Travis Kelsey. Um, He's faced the Patriots the last three years and he's totaled 66, 61 and 40 yards without sniffing the end zone. He's caught a ton of short passes. So he's still pretty good in PPR, but Belichick always takes away something you do well. And this is the thing that they seem to always take away the Patriots D has taken away the tight end, only allowing a total of 73 yards receiving to the tight end in three games, despite facing Darren Waller uh, and Gesicki and the Seattle trio. So really tough matchup for Kelsey to expect a big Kelsey-like game. Yeah, you hit that right on the nail on the nail on the head. Darren Waller got him in the Dynasty League, and, uh, yeah, when he goes from 34 points down to four, <laughs> you know, for fantasy, you know that Bill Belichick was behind that. He definitely – he talked him up so much in the pregame, uh, you know, press conferences. I was like, oh, my God, he's not going to catch a pass. And he barely caught a couple of short passes late in the game. <laughs> okay, what about throwing one hit wonders at kicker and defense, Chris? Uh, let's start with Tyler Bass, the rookie for Buffalo. Buffalo's had him mostly kicking extra points so far this year, but Vegas allows the third most field goal attempt. So I think this week Bass is going to get some, some high volume, both point afters and, and field goals. And I like Ryan Suckup. He's had a kind of a slow start so far. There's still a lot of potential here. And facing the Chargers, who have allowed the most field goal attempts, I think is a good chance for him to get uh, back in the good graces of the fantasy owners. And as far as defenses go, I like the two playing on Thursday night. I mean, these are two defenses, the Denver and the Jets defense, that are a little bit better than you think and than they showed so far. And more to the point, two very beat-up offenses that kind of, frankly, stink. So I think playing on a very short week after allowing monster games to opposing uh, fantasy defenses. These are two of the most generous offenses, two opposing defenses. I, I think I could play either one of these and feel pretty comfortable about them on Thursday night. 
Okay. Uh, we want to remind everyone that a premium uh, weekly in-season newsletter purchase also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered waiting to voice their opinions on any questions you may have. Thank you for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nesrak. We'll see you all next week when week five of the 2020 NFL season is previewed. Good night and good luck to everyone this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.